Hi, this is Danny Whitaker with Devoted to Scripture. I'm reading through the Bible in a year and sharing my reading with you. This is day 107 of our journey. News of the wealth and wisdom of Solomon spread rapidly throughout the world, and many great kings and queens traveled to visit his kingdom to experience it for themselves. Solomon never failed to exceed their expectations. Solomon's wealth continued to grow to the point that even precious silver became commonplace and had very little value in Israel during Solomon's reign. Unfortunately, while Solomon had great wisdom, he didn't apply that wisdom in his own life. He was driven by lust and was quick to become infatuated with women. Throughout his reign, he conducted himself like the pagan kings by building up a harem of 700 wives and 300 concubines. Many of these women were from the surrounding nations and served other gods. As God had warned Israel in ages past, marrying the daughters of foreign nations caused Solomon to lose sight of the true God as he began to worship their false idols as well. For his idolatry, Solomon was told that the kingdom would be split in two and that his descendants would no longer rule the whole kingdom, but only a portion. Join me in 1 Kings 10 and 11 to hear about Solomon's wealth and wisdom, his women and idolatry, and God's judgment on him. 1 Kings 10 When the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon, she came to challenge him with difficult questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a great display of pomp, bringing with her camels carrying spices, a very large quantity of gold and precious gems. She visited Solomon and discussed with him everything that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. There was no question too complex for the king. When the queen of Sheba saw for herself Solomon's extensive wisdom, the palace he had built, the food in his banquet hall, his servants and attendants, their robes, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings which he presented in the Lord's temple, she was amazed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your wise sayings and insight was true. I did not believe these things until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, I didn't hear even half the story. Your wisdom and wealth surpass what was reported to me. Your attendants, who stand before you at all times and hear your wise sayings, are truly happy. May the Lord your God be praised because he favored you by placing you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he made you king, so you could make just and right decisions. She gave the king 120 talents of gold, a very large quantity of spices, and precious gems. The quantity of spices the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon has never been matched. Hiram's fleet, which carried gold from Ophir, also brought from Ophir a very large quantity of fine timber and precious gems. With the timber, the king made supports for the Lord's temple and for the royal palace and stringed instruments for the musicians. No one has seen so much of this fine timber to this very day. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba everything she requested, besides what he had freely offered her. Then she left and returned to her homeland with her attendants. Solomon received 666 talents of gold per year, besides what he collected from the merchants, traders, Arabian kings, and governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 measures of gold were used for each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. Three minas of gold were used for each of these shields. The king placed them in the palace of the Lebanon forest.
The king made a large throne decorated with ivory and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps leading up to the throne, and the back of it was rounded on top. The throne had two armrests, with a statue of a lion standing on each side. There were twelve statues of lions on the six steps, one lion at each end of each step. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's cups were made of gold, and all the household items in the palace of the Lebanon forest were made of pure gold. There were no silver items, for silver was not considered very valuable in Solomon's time. Along with Hiram's fleet, the king had a fleet of large merchant ships that sailed the sea. Once every three years the fleet came into port with cargoes of gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. Everyone in the world wanted to visit Solomon to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts, which included items of silver, items of gold, clothes, perfume, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities and in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was as plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired his horses from Egypt and from Kew. The king's traders purchased them from Kew. They paid 600 silver pieces for each chariot from Egypt and 150 silver pieces for each horse. They also sold chariots and horses to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Syria. 1 Kings 11 King Solomon fell in love with many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, including Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They came from nations about which the Lord had warned the Israelites, you must not establish friendly relations with them. If you do, they will surely shift your allegiance to their gods. But Solomon was irresistibly attracted to them. He had 700 royal wives and 300 concubines. His wives had a powerful influence over him. When Solomon became old, his wives shifted his allegiance to other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped the Sidonian goddess Astarte and the detestable Ammonite god Milcom. Solomon did evil in the Lord's sight. He did not remain loyal to the Lord like his father David had. Furthermore, on the hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for the detestable Moabite god Chemosh and for the detestable Ammonite god Milcom. He built high places for all his foreign wives so they could burn incense and make sacrifices to their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon because he had shifted his allegiance away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him on two occasions and had warned him about this very thing so that he would not follow other gods. But he did not obey the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you insist on doing these things and have not kept the covenantal rules I gave you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, for your father David's sake, I will not do this while you are alive. I will tear it away from your son's hand instead. But I will not tear away the entire kingdom. I will leave your son one tribe for my servant David's sake and for the sake of my chosen city, Jerusalem. The Lord brought against Solomon an enemy, Hadad, the Edomite, a descendant of the Edomite king. During David's campaign against Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, while on a mission to bury the dead, killed every male in Edom. 
For Joab and the entire Israelite army stayed there six months until they had exterminated every male in Edom. Hadad, who was only a small boy at the time, escaped with some of his father's Edomite servants and headed for Egypt. They went from Midian to Paran. They took some men from Paran and went to Egypt. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, gave him a house and some land and supplied him with food. Pharaoh liked Hadad so well he gave him his sister-in-law, Queen Tapani's sister, as a wife. Tapani's sister gave birth to his son, named Genubath. Tapani's raised him in Pharaoh's palace. Genubath grew up in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's sons. While in Egypt, Hadad heard that David had passed away and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead. So Hadad asked Pharaoh, Give me permission to leave so I can return to my homeland. Pharaoh said to him, What do you lack here that makes you want to go to your homeland? Hadad replied, Nothing, but please give me permission to leave. God also brought against Solomon another enemy, Rezon, son of Eliada, who had run away from his master, King Hadadezer of Zobah. He gathered some men and organized a raiding band. When David tried to kill them, they went to Damascus, where they settled down and gained control of the city. He was Israel's enemy throughout Solomon's reign and, like Hadad, caused trouble. He loathed Israel and ruled over Syria. Jeroboam, son of Nabat, one of Solomon's servants, rebelled against the king. He was an Ephraimite from Zerida, whose mother was a widow named Zeruah. This is what prompted him to rebel against the king. Solomon built a terrace, and he closed up a gap in the wall of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a talented man. When Solomon saw that the young man was an accomplished worker, he made him the leader of the work crew from the tribe of Joseph. At that time, when Jeroboam had left Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met him on the road. The two of them were alone in the open country. Ahijah was wearing a brand new robe, and he grabbed the robe and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he told Jeroboam, Take ten pieces, for this is what the Lord God of Israel has said. Look, I am about to tear the kingdom from Solomon's hand, and I will give ten tribes to you. He will retain one tribe, for my servant David's sake and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I am taking the kingdom from him, because they have abandoned me and worshipped the Sidonian goddess Estarte, the Moabite god Shamash, and the Ammonite god Milcom. They have not followed my instructions by doing what I approve and obeying my rules and regulations, like Solomon's father David did. I will not take the whole kingdom from his hand. I will allow him to be ruler for the rest of his life for the sake of my chosen servant David, who kept my commandments and rules. I will take the kingdom from the hand of his son and give ten tribes to you. I will leave his son one tribe, so my servant David's dynasty may continue to serve me in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen as my home. I will select you. You will rule over all you desire to have, and you will be king over Israel. You must obey all I command you to do, follow my instructions, do what I approve, and keep my rules and commandments, like my servant David did. Then I will be with you and establish for you a lasting dynasty, as I did for David. I will give you Israel." I will humiliate David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam escaped to Egypt and found refuge with King Shishak of Egypt. He stayed in Egypt until Solomon died. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, including all his accomplishments and his wise decisions, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of Solomon. Solomon ruled over all Israel from Jerusalem for 40 years. Then Solomon passed away and was buried in the city of his father David. 
His son Rehoboam replaced him as king. Thank you for joining me on our shared walk through Scripture today. Devotion to Scripture doesn't begin and end here. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to dig deeper and spend some additional time in God's Word today. If you're looking for a great place to start, check the episode description where you will always find a few key verses from the day's reading to reflect on further. I'd love to hear from you. How is God using this podcast to help you grow? How can I be praying for you? Email me at devotedtoscripture at gmail.com. It's amazing seeing a passage come alive as we understand its place in the whole story of the Bible. Knowing and ultimately being a part of that story is the most important undertaking of your life. Join me tomorrow to continue the journey. Be devoted to Scripture.